Travelcast B-Sides, Episode 33, Free Range, by Bruce McAllister. Bruce McAllister's literary and genre fiction has appeared in national magazines, literary quarterlies, college textbooks, and year's best anthologies. His second novel, Dream Baby, a National Endowment for the Arts Fellowship winner, was called A Stunning Tour de Force by Publishers Weekly. His articles on popular science, writing craft, and sports have appeared in publications like Life, International Wildlife, The Writer, and newspapers across the country. Find more at McAllisterCoaching.com. So without further ado, we bring you Free Range by Bruce McAllister. After she lost interest in the green eggs, yes, green chicken eggs, taste the same, look died, so what's the point? My neighbor Joanna started raising black chickens. Yes, black ones. They're popular in China for reasons ranging from nutrition to superstition, and she'd gotten three hens and a rooster from a guy in Chinatown in exchange for the last two green egg chickens she had. Green is good now in China, he said. Helps make a man's pull longer. Right, she told him. Don't need to kill rhinoceros or go to jail for long pole anymore. He knew what she meant and nodded vigorously. They were standing in the middle of the Buddha of the Missing Tooth Square, and she'd had enough man-pole talk. She could do that with me. We were an item, and we were, as it happened, overdue for a quiet, leisurely discussion about man-poles that weekend. She left him standing there with the cage, chickens, and man under the gaze of the gapped-toothed Buddha. How did you find him? I asked over our favorite Cuban food in our county, Orange County, California. There are dozens listed in the Chinatown Penny Saver. In English, black chickens are the hottest thing in Asian poultry. Why? They're immune to avian flu, among other things. What other things? The flesh tastes different. As in, black different? Yeah, it's black. Well, kind of purple, actually. The feathers are black as night, the skin dark purple, the meat a little lighter. It still tastes like chicken. I stared at her. I always stare at her. No makeup, none needed, and that long jet black hair with a paisley headband. The last hippie of Santa Anna, as my buddies put it, smitten too. And her boyfriend, that's me, third-generation stoner house painter from Orange who can never get all the paint out from under his nails. Still taking community college classes ten years out of high school, while she, with her talent and her art degree from Cal State Fullerton, actually makes a living as an artist. Photoshop, a website, Joanna Edwards' fine graphic designs, high-res attachments, everything. The real O.C., except for two small details. I've got my mother's Asian eyes, my father met her in Japan during the Vietnam War, and Joanna's got her father's Apache cheekbones, nose, and dark complexion. Not exactly traditional poster children for this county. Maybe in twenty years? In the meantime, we were the Millennium Couple, as my favorite professor at the college likes to put it. Of course it tastes like chicken, I say at last. But it is sweeter. Why? Why what? Why is it sweeter? I don't know. Yes, I do, actually. You have to feed them fruit along with grain, and there's fructose in the fruit, so maybe... Hell, I don't know. Is that why the Chinese like them? The sweetness? Yeah. In the restaurants, sure, but in the villages it has to do something with the night. What? 
How safe you are at night. Safe from what? The owls, the ones the size of small bears, that come for your children at night? Right, we've got that problem, you and me, children to worry about, and big owls. I'm serious, Michael, that's what they believe. The more black chickens, the less likely an owl will take your kids. Stop laughing. What kids are you trying to protect, Joanna? Something you're not telling me? I'm trying to protect Mignon. Mignon was her cockapoo, and I knew that right about now she was regretting the name. From the owls? I asked. From whatever it was that tore a hole in my roof last night. I didn't know what to say, so she said, Want to see it? I nodded, still speechless. Had she lost it? Too much ethnic food? Hallucinogenic virus from her chickens? Allergy to green eggs? Bad vibes from her healing crystals, which were everywhere in her two-story Victorian fixer on Almond Avenue? But there really was a hole in her roof. You could see it standing in the attic, and it looked like a hole a piece of a jet would make, Donnie Darko fashion. But there wasn't a hole in the attic floor, and no piece of jet. Instead, there were marks. I stepped over to them, squatted down like my Vietnamese friend Pham would, and squinted. It looked like a very big dog or a pack of coyotes, flying coyotes, had worked frantically on the floor, trying to claw through it. What's below this? You know. I did. It was her bedroom where she and Mignon slept. When did this happen? You mean, when did this happen before I decided to get the black chickens? Yes. It happened the night I decided. The night I called the guy and we talked for forty minutes, him in his broken English and me in no Chinese whatsoever, and toward the end, when I asked why Chinese villagers liked them, he said, because of the owls. And that's how I found out about the stories, the census data. He knew all about it. He'd grown up in one of those villages, and he remembered the day the census takers came. Actually, they came six times. They couldn't believe what the villagers were telling them. That night, I heard the wings. You're kidding. Not at all. That's how I know what this was, she said, gesturing up at the hole, blue sky and sunlight. Add the claw marks, and I have absolutely no doubt, she added. But there must be other explanations, I said stupidly. Maybe, Michael, but I'm not interested in hearing them. I know what I know. I've got four black chickens, and I'm going to breed more. Now that I've told you the story about the owls, you may need some, too. I tried not to smile, but it was hard. Kind of like the ring, you mean? Now you've heard the story about the giant owls, they're going to come and get you within 72 hours, probably. Can your chicken lay eggs and hatch them that quickly, Joanna? Screw you, she answered, and what bothered me most wasn't the two words themselves, but that she said it without any real anger, because she had better things on her mind than us. Like the chickens. And an owl that might very well come back. I never handled things quite right with Joanna. I had no trouble with one relic from the 60s, weed, but she had this natural ability to keep everything about the 60s alive, and everything millennially new age, too. I couldn't keep up. I couldn't take it all seriously. I laughed when I shouldn't, which wouldn't have been so bad if I didn't love her, which I did. One month it was cartons of milk inside a cardboard pyramid she'd tried to build, one I tried to help with, to keep them fresh. She said she'd read about it in an old article. Another month it was an archangel named Gordon she was trying to channel. I couldn't help with that one. 
She thought he might be able to help her find out how her mother, who'd passed away the year before, was doing. A friend from college had found Gordon useful with dead relatives. I smiled at the wrong time. Joanna's voice had gone real low, like she was suddenly a man, and she was saying, Your mother's happy. Happy as a clam, Joanna, so don't you worry about her. And I did it. I smiled. She looked up at me, caught me, and it wasn't Gordon. It was Joanna, and I'd hurt her feelings. When her feelings get hurt, she gets cranky. If you're going to laugh at this, she said, leave. I loved my mother, Michael. She made me the woman I am. Can you understand? There'd be no man-pole discussion that night. But that's not why I felt like shit. I loved that she loved her mother. That's Joanna. She loves everyone, and I love that about her. Why couldn't I keep my damn smile under control? Pham, who'd become one of my best friends, maybe because my dad served in Vietnam and really liked the Delta Vietnamese he'd worked with there, was much more respectful of Joanna's hippie episodes. He was a Buddhist, very devout, and, as I just said, very respectful. Whatever a person believed, whoever that person was, if it was positive or joyful or kind, he respected it. I wanted to be more like that myself, so I'm sure that was another reason we were friends. I hear more clucking today at Miss Joanna's, Pham said, as I hand-watered my plumeria. My house, four down from hers, was an ugly fifties stucco thing, but like everyone in O.C., I had lay flowers growing in my yard. Yeah, Joanna's got four new chickens, four black chickens. Ah, he said. She's been hanging up with Chinese folk. Sometimes he got his idiom right, sometimes not, but I'd never correct him. He didn't look a year past fifty, but he was at least seventy. He had to be. After the war, he'd survived twelve years in re-education camps, where he'd nearly died more than once. Then he'd come to the U.S., which he loved and admired, and gone to college again, and that was years ago. Idiom was a very small thing in a very big universe when you thought of a life like Pham's. I was in a constant state of humility around the guy. Yes, she has, I said. She is worried about owls? I actually dropped the hose. You know about the owls? Who does not? They are a problem in China. And because Vietnamese are Chinese in their blood too, from long ago, it is sometimes a problem in Vietnam, though the regime denies that owls of such magnitude are possible, just as they deny many things that cannot be otherwise, how do you say it, buried. I just stared at him. Everyone knew about the owls except me. Was I smoking too much dope these days? Was it all a dream, or did the entire world know about the owls, and in my haze I just missed it? Will the black chickens work? I heard myself ask. Excuse me? Will the black chickens keep the owls away? Why do you ask, my friend? Because Joanna thinks that one of them, one of those owls, has put a hole in her roof. This is true? Yes, this is true, fam. May I see her hole? Let the plumeria fry in the heat. Fam needed a tour of Joanna's roof. She's there, I think. Let's go see it. But you still haven't answered my question. <clears throat> it depends, Fam began in his professorial voice. He'd been a superior court judge in Vietnam, had resigned because of how capital punishment was being used by the country's then-president, might have even run for presidency of Vietnam himself on a Buddhist populist platform had the war gone differently. 
He'd been a very loved man, I knew, which was the only way to explain why the regime hadn't killed him, but instead stuck him in the camps. Of course I'd had to find all this out from his little Saigon relatives, piece by piece, one Tet celebration after another, to which he always took me. No Buddhist ever broadcasts his stature, because stature can't possibly matter in the larger scheme of things. It depends on the loudness of the chickens, and, how to say it, how lacking in coordination the owl is. You're kidding. The owls are clumsy? I am not kidding, he answered. It is not unlike a war with the Chinese, one that took place during the Dai Vet, year of 1273, when with the rectification of names, Tai Long, a monk, returned to the world to lead our army as its general, and with the clarity and consequent physical coordination of a holy man. Clumsiness is a state of spirit, as is loudness. Body but expresses soul, Mr. Michael. The chickens are higher beings, even if stupid. He was on a roll. His crazy mix of Buddhism and Confucianism made him the brave, gentle soul his people loved. But I didn't want to hear it just now. Just the idea of the rectification of names, which he'd tried to explain a dozen times, always made me carsick. Brightly as I could, I interrupted. Fam, let's just go see how big the owl was. Joanna liked Fam, but didn't want to see us at that moment. She was sweeping and mopping, and I noticed that Mignon, yappy as ever, wore a collar with spikes on it. Good God, I said. The man at Petco assured me that it would help if something tried grabbing her around the neck. The spikes looked dangerous. What if Mignon, who was plagued with nervous dermatitis, tried to scratch her own neck? I think he meant another dog. Owl claws don't care about spikes, I ventured. Joanna glared at me. But maybe the owl will laugh itself to death, I added, kicking myself as soon as I said it. Pham felt the tension, and, mediator that he was, said gently, Miss Joanna, I feel deep concern for you today. May I see your roof hole? I expected to see her at least fight a smile at that. Pham's gaffes always made her laugh, but she was in dead serious mode. Mignon's life was at stake, and there were chickens to breed, and quickly, and a big house, one I never helped with because, well, because we weren't to that point yet, I guess, that needed cleaning. The last thing she needed was two guys with nothing better to do dropping by. Please, Miss Joanna. Joanna sighed and led the way. Back down in the yard, after inspecting the hole, we watched the four black chickens that acted, like any other chickens, peck at the dirt. Pham sighed, too, and said, Yes, a large owl. I waited. So what should we do? I prompted. Pham continued to stare at the chickens as if they might have an answer for him. They are not happy, he said at last. Who? Joanna asked. Your chickens. You can read their thoughts? I asked. Only because they wish it. When he seemed determined not to say anything else, I poked him again. You've had black chickens yourself, huh, fam? Yes. More silence as he stared, head cocked like a dog's. I wasn't accustomed to the sight. It unnerved me. You know more about them than you're telling us, don't you, fam? He sighed. 
Yes, Mr. Michael. I knew such chickens in the Mekong Delta. They saved my second cousin's progeny and his two pot-bellied pigs, which were of great value to him. At this point I was wishing I was stoned. The Honorable Pham Nagan could hear the thoughts of chickens. This would not have helped his campaign for president. Or would it? How many people in Vietnam believe the story? Concerning the chickens and the owls? Yes. Oh, a large number. Why didn't you tell me? I was hoping it was not an owl who had produced Miss Johanna's hole. And now you think it was. Oh, without a doubt. Then he added, Miss Johanna needs more chickens. Why? Because that is why these four are unhappy. They say they need more number, that they cannot do what they must without more number, that the owls from beyond the fifth star have become stronger. And so, the owls from beyond the fifth star. This was not at all the fam I knew. I was worried. If he was indeed seventy, was this the start of dementia? The what? I asked. All I know is what the chickens tell me, Mr. Michael. They are not from this planet. Neither they nor the owls are from this planet. To make matters worse, Joanna jumped in, saying, I thought so. Of course she did. Crazy Joanna, last of the hippies, queen of the new agey. Indigo children in greys and crop circles that, when viewed the right way, spelled out yo earthlings. Of course she believed in giant owls from Tau Ceti. I stood there. Maybe it was me and not them. Was it possible to have a psychotic break without forewarning? Or moldy bread with St. Vitus dance hallucinations? Or was this a temporal lobe epileptic seizure, like the ones they say the great science fiction writer Philip K. Dick, who'd once lived twenty minutes away, had had? Was I about to see, as he had, the face of a very nasty Jehovah alternating regularly with a kindly, smiley-faced god? Also, didn't mental problems often occur around thirty? I was there. What do we do, fam? Joanna was saying. We get more chickens. How? I have a friend in Little Saigon. Of course you do, fam. In two hours, fam had a truck, an immense twenty-four-foot U-Haul. Stick shift, too. I didn't even know he knew how to drive one. In his apartment in Fountain Valley, he had pictures of his ancestors in a little shrine, a minister of this, a minister of that, an influential family that had started out in the north and moved to the Delta during the French War. Law school, judgeship, but when you've survived a war and camps, you probably know how to drive a stick shift. How stupid of me. Isn't this overkill, fam? I asked. Pham was driving because, as he said, he was the responsible party. Joanna was between us with Mignon on her lap. The cab smelled like dog. Overkill what? That's an expression, Pham. Isn't this truck a little big for what we need? No, Mr. Michael, it is not. He said nothing more. But when we pulled off the five and started our long trek up Westminster to Little Saigon, he said, Chickens need room to dance. Joanna and I, even Mignon, fell silent. What do you say to something like that? When we got to his friend's chicken ranch in a warehouse, which was about as close to free-ranging it as you can get in an urban environment, the chickens weren't exactly dancing. But they were moving. We stood just inside the door to the warehouse, watching. 
It was the kind of warehouse that by the hundreds cover so much of SoCal and light industry sprawl. Fam had found the place like a prairie falcon and parked in a lot behind it. There were five other cars, none of them fancy. Our mouths were open, of course, Joanna's and mine, and we weren't blinking. Even Mignon, a dog that should have been on a Valium IV drip her entire life, was mesmerized. What yappy dog doesn't bark at poultry? The vast floor of the building was covered with what looked like rye grass, a great, neatly mowed lawn of it, and the aroma was a charming mix of lawn fertilizer and chicken poop. Sprinkled throughout the buzz-cut grass, you could see something that looked a little like chicken feed, but even more like a cross between pumpkin seeds, Chex Mix, and raisins. The chickens were black, all right, almost shiny, their heads bigger than they should have been, feet bigger too, hens and roosters both. Most of them were moving, some fast, some slow, in circles, concentric circles, six or seven circles per design, each circle moving opposite the next, and anywhere from a dozen to a hundred chickens in each circle, depending on the circle size. Like some weird square dance. do see do those that weren't moving in circles stood in the grass, pecking, legs apart, as if someone or something might at any moment try to push them over, so they needed to keep their balance. Some of these stopped pecking and looked up at us, clucked once or twice. The cluck was weird, a cluck with a supersonic dimension, like a dog whistle you could hear. The chickens making the circles didn't stop. They were resolved, highly committed. Nothing was more important than their circling. I'd never seen any animals do this, though as I watched, I thought of Discovery Channel specials I'd seen as a kid. A Native American dance, Navajo maybe, where people danced in concentric circles, one moving opposite the other, all of it a symbol for eternity, the universe, birth and death and rebirth and roller pigeons rolling in mid-air, unable not to, and bowerbirds making pretty round designs for their mates, and baboons circling and circling a leopard until it dropped from exhaustion and dizziness, and they could dispatch it. I was wrong. Fifty wouldn't be enough, Pham said. So he bought a hundred of them from his friend, who was quite happy on a Sunday, the cars belonging to employees, not customers, to sell that many, and he didn't seem surprised at the number. He was even tinier than Fam, and kept nodding in that respectful way, something I wanted to learn how to do some day, and looking back and forth between us and the dog in Joanna's arms, as if he knew why we were buying them, which was crazy. For a moment, I had a vision of hundreds of backyards in Little Saigon, all a cluck with thousands of black-as-tar chickens dancing in sacred circles to protect all the innocent children and small animals. Lord, I muttered, and though Joanna looked at me, I didn't try to explain. Will they be okay in the back? Joanna asked. Getting them into the truck had been easy enough. Pham's friend had produced a coach's whistle, and when he blew it, the nearest chickens had stopped and stared at him. When he blew it three more times in quick succession, they followed him up the ramp into the truck, nodding like chickens, but with no clucking. They sit in the darkness now, waiting, Pham answered. What the hell did that mean? So they're okay? Joanna asked. Of course, they know that they must undergo this. They tell you this, fam, I said. Of course, they will tell you too if they need to, if you are important enough. I wasn't important enough, 
Fam knew what I was thinking. It didn't take telepathy. You and Miss Joanna are important to me, Mr. Michael. The chickens have other matters on their minds. Joanna was looking away. She knew Fam wanted us to be together, a couple, and it made her self-conscious. She loved Fam, but didn't like pushy cupids. But Fam's declaration of affection made me feel better. No one wants to be dissed by chickens. Would there be enough room in Joanna's backyard, big though it was? Would we need to plant ryegrass and fertilize it, mow the entire quarter acre, and put in a sprinkler system for God's sakes? Apparently not. The chickens marched down the ramp without needing poke or whistle, made their way along the path to the back gate, which Joanna opened at Fam's prompting, and into the yard where they began immediately, like all chickens, to peck and cluck. I believe it will return tonight, Fam announced. We knew what he meant, even if we, or at least I, still didn't believe it. You can go along with something strange, something unreal, even if you don't necessarily believe it. I'd learned that as a kid in O.C., where there were enough strange events daily to last a thousand lifetimes. Why? Joanna was asking. Because you have more chickens now. The owls come because of the chickens? She said, frowning. No, the chickens know where the owls are to come, and so they make sure, by using willing people and big trucks and two-story houses like yours, that they are present when they do. This sounded like chickens, and to me. The future calls you to become what you already are but have forgotten. There is no causality, only simultaneity, that kind of thing. But if Fam believed the owl was going to come again, who was I to argue? There was a hole in Joanna's roof above where Mignon slept, and claw marks too big for any dog or hawk or ordinary owl. I might not love Mignon, but I loved her mistress, and I didn't want giant owls around my woman. "'May I sleep tonight on your sofa?' Fam said, and both Joanna and I stared at him. The Fam we knew would never propose such a thing. He visited my house often because we were friends, and because aside from meditating and praying and reading at night, he didn't have a lot to do in his tiny apartment. But to ask to stay at Joanna's? How strange.' "'Of course, Fam,' she answered." We got Chinese takeout on Tustin Avenue and ate it on the little bench in the backyard, watching the chickens be chickens. Why do the owls take kids and small animals? I asked. There were so many questions. Because they are not big enough to pick up adults. No, I mean, why are they here? Oh, they are invading. They are invading your planet. I took a deep breath. They're taking over our planet, kid by kid, dog by dog, I said. That is what the chickens say. Could the chickens be lying? No, they are truthful species. It is also what is in their heads, what they are thinking, Mr. Michael. It, it cannot be a lie. I see your point. And the chickens, why are they here? They do not like what the owls do. Uh, they're from the same planet? I couldn't believe I was asking these things, but what else was there to ask? It had become a very different universe in just a day. No, but they have known the owls for, how do they put it, a heavy eternity. They find the owls annoying. Annoying? Joanna interrupted, Mignon wriggling in her lap, ready to chase a chicken or two because we were talking about them. Just annoying? 
Maybe the owls tried to take their eggs once, I joked. You are correct, Mr. Michael. They did try. The owls are not very good at stealing, but they are tenacious, aggravatingly so, the chickens say. Our black helpers are willing to die for us, I said. They let us eat them for the chance to save a human kid or pet. You know chickens, he answered with a beatific smile. Yes, not very smart, I know, but smarter than owls. The chickens think so. They also believe it was worth it to die for us. They have their reasons, Mr. Michael. All creatures have their reasons. I was trying to accept it, but it was hard. This is not what we imagined an alien invasion would be like, fam. So slow and... The word you want is incompetent, Michael, Joanna said helpfully. Forgive me, Mr. Michael, but you do not know invaders very well. He was looking at me kindly, but I'd seen that faint, laughing Buddha look before. Often, he added, invaders take a long time and are quite clumsy. When he saw the little hurt in my eyes, after all, he knew we'd meant well in his country and he did appreciate our years of trying, he added, I do not like the communist regime. Invaders of the angry heart, we say. You know this. If I allude, it is to the French or the Mandarins long ago. I allude not to your father or your country, Mr. Michael, to which I am grateful. I know, fam. Joanna's face had that wonderful squinty look it gets when she's thinking over time, like her hardball attorney father, not just drifting blissfully on the flower-child head songs of her mom, who had been an acupuncturist. "'Why China? Why start there?' she asked. "'Lots of people,' Pham answered. "'Many villages, great distances, very difficult to complain. "'Fine, but why the Vietnamese, too?' It took him only a second, but he said, "'Because we look like little Chinese.' It sounded more like a question than a statement, and when I looked at his eyes, I couldn't tell if he was serious or not. I asked how they got here, how they reached us across the stars. Chickens weren't very good at hand-eye coordination, and owls were only a little better. I couldn't imagine either on the bridge of the starship Enterprise. He answered, "'Not that way. You will see.' Then Joanna asked, What do they do with the kids and pets? The chickens do not want to think about it. Because it's so horrible? No, Miss Joanna, because it is silly. They keep them in abandoned buildings and abandoned villages, but the children, the older leading the younger, escape, and so do the pets. They are brave and determined. In one village, the children, how do you say it, grabbed command, ordering the owls around until the owls developed stomach disorders and the children left in disgust. You're serious, fam? He knew the expression. Yes, it is what is in the heads of the chickens. You said that. Did I also say the owls are stupid? Yes, you did. We sat in silence, the four of us, Mignon too, for quite a while. When the sun went down, the chickens huddled together on the cement slab porch under its overhang, and I knew Joanna was offering a little New Age prayer that they were potty trained, or at least preferred grass to cement for whatever solids and fluids needed release. 
We watched TV together, Fam joining us out of respect, and then it was time to say goodnight. I thought briefly of joining Fam in the living room, taking the floor for propriety's sake, but Joanna told me with a look that she wanted me with her and Mignon in the bedroom. She got no argument. If Fam was right about tonight, I wanted to be with them. Somehow, Joanna fell asleep. Mignon whimpered in puppy dreams, so I was in and out of sleep until something slammed the house at 2 a.m. As the house shook, I half-crawled, half-ran to the wall switch, hit it, and saw why Fam had said, Do not fix hole, waste of money. The thing was back, and, encouraged by the hole it had made, was trying again. Same place, but now its claws were through the ceiling above us, plaster flying like dust in a Mojave sandstorm, legs flailing in some insane sign language. Mignon was barking like crazy, completely unaware, as all small dogs are, of the weight discrepancy between her and what was coming through the drywall. Joanna seemed to be shouting, Protect Mignon! But maybe was just screaming incoherently and I knew her well enough to know what she meant. The barking just made the claws more interested. A full yard of each leg was showing, and the claws were grabbing air in Mignon's direction. Mignon's direction was unfortunately also Joanna's, since she was holding her. My right eye was blind from plaster. A piece was sticking from my left nostril. Joanna and Mignon looked like ghosts from the dust, and an insane part of my brain, the one in all of us that loves denying we're in a crisis, was thinking... Joanna's going to have a lot of sweeping up to do. Then a voice shouted from the stairs, I come, do not abandon hope. And then, just as the owl fell through the ceiling and landed in all of its 200-pound, clipped wing, greasy feather, if they were feathers, which I doubted, glory on the edge of Joanna's bed, three feet from my woman and her dog, its claws trying to gain purchase so that the creature might stabilize itself, rise and grab at last what it wanted, Fam entered with the chickens. He was wearing bright boxer shorts and nothing else, something I'd never imagined a superior court judge from any country in, and he was walking toward the owl as if it were nothing more than a chunky gopher, and he, a seasoned pest control technician from Santa Ana. I remembered the camps Fam had been in, his escapes and recaptures, his wife's mysterious death, and his ability to detach from the world. We have our bodies until we no longer need them, Mr. Michael. That is all death is. And Fam's bravery now seemed much less surprising than the jockey shorts, which I believe to this day had lotus blossoms on them, and which I now know he didn't purchase at Target, his favorite store. Get it off the bed, he shouted at Joanna. My thought, exactly. But Fam had another reason. Joanna jumped off the bed, eyes glaring in mother-wolf mode at the great bird that may or may not have been a bird. As she did, the owl's weight tipped the little bed almost upright, and the owl slid off with a thunderous plop. With the owl off the bed, the chickens, who had been milling around fam till now and clucking with that increasingly annoying whine, could do their work. They ran like any chicken runs, head down, legs like roadrunners in the cartoons, and a hundred strong. They surrounded the creature in no time and began to make their circles inside circles. The owl was standing now, seven feet tall, oily-looking, even with a half-inch of plaster dust on him, but try as he might, he couldn't grab a chicken with a claw, because when he tried, he lost his balance. The chickens knew they had him. 
They were running so fast now that, black as they were, they looked like rings of spinning engine oil. Their clucking had become the highest, loudest whine I'd ever heard, higher and louder even than the air show jets I'd loved when I was a kid when my dad took me to them. All would have gone well. Speeding chicken mandalas and a crescendoing whine that was obviously going to do something, and soon, if Mignon hadn't decided all twenty pounds of her, that she needed to protect us, chickens included. But I understood. The more things you have to protect, the more important you are. Right, Mignon? She shot like a fat bullet toward the creature, and at first I was sure she'd latched onto one of the claws. The claw was trying to get free of her, that's what it looked like, but then the claw had her. They say a Labrador retriever can carry an egg in its mouth without breaking it. That's what this claw could do, but on a grander scale. It wasn't here to kill Mignon, only to take her away to some abandoned village or something for a final expatriation to the stars decades or centuries down the road. The owl had her, and knew it, and the short wings—there were four of them, not two—why do we not see these things at first—had started flapping. Maybe not flapping, but moving up and down like the wings of those early flying aircraft experiments, the ones that never quite took off but instead fell off into cliffs or just tipped over. The wings were gathering speed up and down and seemed to have their own sound, a thrumming. The bedroom looked like some government experiment gone awry. The owl was levitating. How this was possible I had no idea, but I was sure the flapping of the wings, which had become a drumming blur, wasn't doing it, and the whine was. Fam was shouting, "'Chickens cannot finish with dog!' This made no sense, but I leaped forward, grabbed Mignon's back leg with my right hand, grabbed the long bird leg that was attached to her with my left, and felt the other claw, free in levitation now, hit me like a mace. I held on, deathly afraid I'd pull Mignon apart if I didn't do more than just pull, so I did what any dog in his right mind would do. I bit the owl's leg. I bit it as hard as I could, tearing at its scaliness with my teeth, as I knew Mignon would if she could. I'd wanted to be a Doberman when I was five, need to mention that. And Mignon was inspired. She began thrashing like a fury, and the more she thrashed, the wilder I bit, and vice versa. Was someone laughing somewhere in the room? I hoped not. I'd rather believe it was Fam shouting, which he was. Let the chickens finish! Somehow this made sense, and as the claw whose leg I was biting opened just enough out of pain or mere annoyance, I pulled Mignon free, held onto her tight, and fell back to the dusty floor, looking up just in time to see and hear the chickens do what they were there to do. Their whine, even higher than the owls, was peeling paint off the walls. Their counter-spinning circles were making a vortex of the plaster dust and pulling at our clothes, even Fam's boxers. The owl was caught in it. All of a sudden, the whine stopped. The chickens, too, stopped dead, as if their overly large feet were nailed to the old oak flooring. The owl was gone. The vortex had taken it. I looked at Joanna, and Joanna looked at me. Mignon struggled in my arms, offended now by my intimacy. Fam was saying, See? Easy. But must have circles, and if you want dog to remain, must remove dog. Chickens give good instructions. 
The chickens were wandering around the room, just like chickens again, pecking at the plaster. To my left, Joanna said, My hero, Jaws. What did Pham say to you when I left? Joanna asked. We were standing in the yard, the flock of black shadows free-ranging for the strange feed, which Joanna had purchased from Pham's friend, too, and which was expensive, the kind of expense that, like the chickens themselves, two people should be sharing, not just one. The roofers were coming to fix the roof hole on Tuesday. In the meantime, Joanna would sleep on the sofa. She hated my house, and so did I, and I'd take the floor. According to Pham, or the chickens in his head, that owl wasn't going to come back. Even with their wormhole teleportation abilities, which, unlike the chickens, weren't innate and needed the technology left in a time capsule on their home planet by overly optimistic aliens millennia ago, it was pretty involved getting here, coming this far, jump after jump, and there was a chance he might not even, dumb as the owls were, remember the coordinates. He might also, without revealing embarrassing details of his failure, pass the word along to his comrades about which house on Almond Avenue to avoid. But now is not, Pham had said to us before he left for his favorite Buddhist shrine in Brie, where he wished to give thanks for our victory, the time for getting rid of your chickens. They have become fond of both of you. Such courage, they say about you, Mr. Michael. Biting owl like that with your beak. I sighed. He didn't say much, Joanna. When I complained again about the quality of our alien invaders, he asked how we would do it. And he meant all of us, human beings. And he's right. We can't even get off this planet, let alone invade another one. We can't even invade each other very well. I paused. He was talking about human beings as a species, not specific countries. I know, Michael. I was thinking about how well the Hawaiian shirt-wearing surfer-dopers I knew would do, joining up for off-world adventures for the surfing chance. Can you believe the breaks in that methane cove, dude? But ending up too stoned for efficient invading. I was stalling. I can think of two guys I work with, surfer-house-painter types who'd forget why they were there. Speak for yourself, Michael. She knew stalling when she heard it, and she knew mine well. I am. I'm speaking for myself, I mean. I'm, I'm terrible at invasions, Joanna, but I'm also trying to tell you something. I figured. We stared at each other for a moment. Pham would be arriving in a couple of hours for the dinner we owed him for saving Mignon, and maybe every other pet and smaller elementary school student in the neighborhood. How about I start sweeping some? I blurted. In the house, I mean. Right now? Sure. Why not? Fam won't arrive for a while, and there's still a lot of plaster upstairs. Just today? No, every day. I may have to move in to get it done. Hmm. I was waiting for a smile, but she wasn't buying it. And gathering up all those eggs? There are way too many already, and they taste terrible. But I'd feel bad throwing them away. I sighed. Sure, feeding and eggs. Her eyes narrowed. I mean it, Joanna. And walk Mignon twice a day? Mignon and I had had our special moment, but I still had my self-respect. No, I answered. Didn't think so. She paused. Okay, she said at last. We'll try it, and you'll help me make dinner for fam, of course. 
If I can smoke a little first, cookbooks make me nervous. I like you stoned, Michael. Sometimes, anyway. I knew which time she meant. The way she was looking at me now told me I'd won. I'd taken her planet. I'd been the stealthy invader, and she didn't mind. And then the chickens at my feet, clucking like little engines that could, said to me, in a voice not unlike Fam's, the owls should recruit you, Mr. Michael. And Miss Joanna may throw the eggs away. It's okay. I jerked back, nearly stepping on one of them. But I was grinning. Hell, I was important now. This story was brought to you by Drabblecast Productions. Special thanks to our episode artist, Haley Grunlow. For more great fiction like the story you just heard, check out the Drabblecast podcast at www.drabblecast.org.